Alright, what's up guys? This is another episode of the Lapka and Tally Podcast, your weekly NFL content. This week is about the NFL draft. We're going to be recapping that. It's just me today. Ryan could not make it this week. But in the future, Ryan will be on the podcast all throughout the summer. We'll continue, uh, we'll try to continue the weekly uh, the weekly content for you guys. But there won't be a lot going on for the next few weeks. But once training camp hits and once some of these more uh, off-season workouts hits, there will be a few more storylines. So we'll try to do weekly contact. Not sure, uh, content, not sure how often that's going to be. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll try to be consistent with it. But this week, uh, it's just me, Kevin, doing NFL Draft Recap for you guys. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Go through all 32 picks of the first round. I'm, I'll mention a few things from the second and third rounds, but it's mainly just going to be first round recap, how those things played out, which teams got better, which teams got worse, which players rose in the first round, which players fell in the first round. There was certainly a lot of that happening. So we'll get right after it. Uh, number one, Arizona Cardinals, as we expected, took Kyle Murray quarterback out of Oklahoma, Heisman Trophy winner of 2018. Um this is what we thought would happen the whole time. When Ryan and I did our mock drafts, we both had Kyler Murray. We was like this for months. Uh, you know, the speculation was that this was going to happen, and there was a few rumors here and there that it wouldn't happen. And you know, there was everyone's coming out with their percentage chances that he was going to go to the Cardinals. One point it's at ninety nine percent. One point it's at sixty percent, and it's all over the map. But this is what always happens with the number one overall pick. Kyler Murray was always going to go to the Cardinals from the start. It made too much sense, and it ultimately is what happened. And, you know, now we guess we have to get into the fact that uh, Josh Rosen is now gone from the Cardinals, has been traded to the Dolphins. So we'll get into that a little bit when we go over the Dolphins pick. But for the for the Cardinals, this is a team that's obviously in no position to, you know, make any type of playoff run. So they need time to develop Kyle Murray. Um, and I, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to get into the fact of whether he's going to be good or not in the league. You know, the people can make what they want about the height. It's just, it's a rare situation. It's hard to predict because... He's probably more raw talented than uh, Russell Wilson, but he's a little bit shorter. So it's like, okay, how far will the raw talent take you? And how far will the the height hold you back? And, you know, that's something we'll have to see. And that's why it's so hard to make a prediction on this guy. But ultimately, I don't know how your general manager still has a job when you take a first-round quarterback in the top 10 picks two years in a row. Uh, It's just astounding. But, um, you know, I guess this was the plan for the Cardinals and we'll see what they do with it. Um, but Kyler Murray, quarterback of Oklahoma, first overall pick is going to the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get a little bit more into that later when we talk about the Dolphins. But number two, San Francisco 49ers selected Nick Bosa as expected. Again, both Ryan and I had this pick. Far outright the best player in the draft. Um, and he went to the 49ers. It's exactly what they needed. But, you know, they've taken a defensive end, uh, you know, the past I don't know, three years, uh, maybe not in a row, but they've taken one um, at least three of the four years, uh, past four years of the draft. And Nick Bozo, I think, is better than any of the guys that they've had in the past four years. And this is a team now, I believe they just came out like 12th best team for Super Bowl odds. Um, this is a team that thinks if Jimmy Garoppolo does well, they could find themselves in the playoffs. And Nick Bosa is definitely a guy who is going to be a huge first year impact I love the pick there from the 49ers I'd give that an A plus just because of how good he is and you know he fell right to them when the Arizona Cardinals took Kyler Murray uh moving on the New York Jets at number three took Quentin Williams defensive tackle out of Alabama I predicted this one um it's kind of what they're looking for now they've got Quentin Williams and Leonard Williams up the middle which is just going to be crazy for that uh for any team trying to run on the New York Jets Quentin Williams a very talented player um again I think he was 
probably the best player available there at three. Jets kept it simple, took Quinn and Williams there at three. I think they're a team that got a lot better in the draft, especially with this pick. He's going to be a first-year impact looking at defensive rookie of the year there in Quinn and Williams. Not guaranteed, but he'll be up there is what I'm saying. Uh, big pick for the Jets there. Moving on number four, and this is where the draft gets weird. This is where it get in- gets interesting. This is where it all gets screwed up, basically. The Oakland Raiders are number four. Everyone's thinking Josh Allen, uh, linebacker out of Kentucky, is going to go. And they select Clellan Farrell, defensive end out of Clemson, which is really strange because it's not that Clellan Farrell is a bad player. He's a good player, and he's probably going to be a good player in the league. But, you know, people think Josh Allen's going to be a Hall of Famer. People think Josh Allen's going to be an immediate impact, uh, very good pro bowler, definitely within the next two years. And Clellan Farrell was a guy in my mock draft I had going at number 15 to the Redskins. Um, so that would be 11 picks earlier than what pretty much most people were expecting. Farrell, uh, most people thought would go in the middle of the draft again, around 15, 16, 14, 17, you know, somewhere in the middle there. And he goes at number four and, you know, sometimes GMs think they see something in a guy or, you know, they see something bad in one guy. So maybe they saw something bad out of Josh Allen that they didn't like, but he was clearly the best player available there at number four. And they just shocked everyone with Clellan Farrell, um, and, you know, again, it's not to say that Clone Farrell's a bad player. He's probably going to be a good player. But, you know, if, if at the end of the day, in five years, when you look back at this 2019 draft and you see that Josh Allen's a, an all-pro and a pro bowler and Clone Farrell is just a guy who makes an impact, you know, it, it wouldn't really shock me. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's really challenging, especially for, especially for a team that overhauled their whole roster, uh, gets rid, get rid of Khalil Mack, get rid of Amari Cooper, um, you know, you have three first round picks, you got to hit in all three of them because of what you gave up for it. And then you go out there and you make a really, really, what I would say is a risky move by getting Clellan Farrell, I guess is the best way to say it. So, uh, risky pick by the Raiders. It's again, it's, 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 you can't say it's a bad pick. I mean, you really can't say anything is a bad pick until players play, except for number six at, with the New York Giants. That was a bad pick. I'll say that was a bad pick because that's justifiably a bad pick. But, you know, Clown Farrell at the end of the day could end up being just as good as Josh Allen. We don't really know. They're both extremely talented players, but because of how heavy the defensive draft was, he was a guy that was supposed to go a little bit lower. In any other draft, Clellan Farrell could be a top 10 pick, but because of how defensive heavy this draft was, he was regarded as a mid-round pick. So it's not terrible from the Oakland Raiders, but more importantly, it's risky, uh, especially when you have a guy who you pretty much know is going to be really good in Josh Allen uh, there at four and you don't take him. But yeah, number four here, Clown Farrell to the Oakland Raiders, defensive end on Clemson, really shakes up how the rest of the draft played out because at number five, you go Devin White, uh, which who I always thought was going to go to the Buccaneers. I got that one right as well. They're in very much need of an, of a linebacker. Um, so that, that made sense. But obviously at number six here, we're going to get into it. The New York Giants, Obviously, we're going to take a quarterback here, uh, and they end up taking Daniel Jones, which is just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Because Daniel Jones is a guy where I, I just, I, I really just don't understand. Um, his college track re- record isn't good. He went to Duke University. He was a zero-star recruit out of high school. So clearly, Dave Gettleman, the general manager of the Giants, has to be seeing something in Daniel Jones that no one else on earth sees. Because at number six, you have Drew Locke available. You have Dwayne Haskins, who I think is outright the best player in this draft available, and you pass on him for Daniel Jones? I mean, I just don't understand. Dwayne Haskins has 12 more touchdowns in two less games uh, than, or 
two more touchdowns in 12 less games uh, than Daniel Jones. Or something, some crazy stat like that. Um, it, it's it's just absurd. Uh, you know the, the the kind of numbers that Dwayne Haskins had, and we know how good he is. We know uh, how, he's the right size. He stands in the pocket. He's got a, a tremendous arm, great vision, great football mind. And the Giants come out here and take this quarterback out of Duke. And I don't even know if he's ever been a good player to come out of Duke University in the first place. And uh, you know. Again, you can't really say anything's a bad pick until, you know, players are, uh, you know, three years in the league and they really are turning out to be busts. But I think at number six, you're looking at a gigantic bust in Daniel Jones. I think this is justifiably a bad pick with what was available. And not the fact that, you know, they took a quarterback in general. Josh Allen, again, I'm going to go back to, was available there at six. And it, it was likely that the Giants were going to take a quarterback anyway, whether it was Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Dwayne Haskins, or maybe anyone that they had at the 17th pick that would have been available. Um, but, you know, Josh Allen was available. And that was a guy who was by far the best player available in the draft at that point. And, you know, you pass on that and you pass on Dwayne Haskins to get this Daniel Jones kid that you could have gotten at 17 maybe even later in the second round i mean i I just i'm just so confused what dave gettleman is seeing in daniel jones here i went back and watched his tape his arm isn't out of the ordinary he's i mean he's the right size for a quarterback and that's about it i mean this is it's shocking it's crazy new york giants fans should be ballistic at this move um but hey if he comes out and he's a pro bowler in three years Call me wrong, but I just think the odds of that happening are extremely low. Uh, And then it's funny now because you go to number seven, and here's the Jacksonville Jaguars, a top defense in the league, I'd say. Even though they had a down year last year, they have extremely talented players. They get Josh Allen. Uh, So one of the best defensive players in the draft falls to a team that's already very good defensively, and now they're going to be frightening on defense with Josh Allen. I mean, they already have Calais Campbell, um, you know, Talvin Smith, um, Miles Jack, Jalen Ramsey, AJ Bouye, this is a very good defense that just got another very good player. So Jacksonville Jaguars went with Josh Allen there at seven. Number eight, the Detroit Lions take TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I I mean, give Matt Stafford a wide receiver or uh, an offensive threat before uh, his time is done. I guess is what is what their thought process here. They did get a little better on defense through free agency. An offensive weapon was a a place they needed to attend to because um, Golden Tate left this off season. Um, or rather during the season in a trade. And, you know, they have Kenny Galladay, but they don't really have any, any anyone else that's very proven. Even Kenny Galladay is not very proven. He had more of a down year last year versus his rookie year. So uh, TJ Hawkinson uh, is a good pick for the Detroit Lions there at eight. Number nine, Ed Oliver goes to the Buffalo Bills. Um, this is a pretty good move for them. They already, I, I thought they would go offense, but at this point, I thought they would trade down, actually, but at number nine, there was no offensive player that was good enough uh, to go there unless TJ Hawkinson was available, but he clearly wasn't because he was taken by the, the Detroit Lions uh, a pick before, so they decided to go with the best plus, best player available there at nine, which was at Oliver, and he was a guy that was rising rapidly uh, weeks before the draft after falling rapidly uh, months before the draft, so getting at Oliver at number nine is a steal. I mean, he's a guy, again, who was regarded as could be as good as Nick Boza, um, and you know, he's a freak of nature and the Buffalo Bills defense needs a player like that. They haven't had a player like that in a long time. Uh, a guy who can just dominate the game on the defensive side of the ball and they have their franchise quarterback. They have, um, 
you know, they have a running back in LaShawn McCoy, who's obviously not been very good as of late. Um, and they had, they need help on the offensive side of the ball, but, um, nonetheless, they went defense here, found their franchise defensive player in Ed Oliver. Number 10, we see a trade here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Denver Broncos traded the 10th overall pick or, uh, yeah, 10th overall pick to the Pittsburgh Steelers in exchange for the 20th overall pick. Um, and something else, I don't know the exact details of the trade, but the Steelers move up to get Devin Bush, linebacker out of Michigan. Pretty strange trade here. Um, I guess they think Devin Bush is going to be a very big star in the league because they gave up a little bit to move up to number 10 and take a guy uh, you know, who obviously we don't know is going to be as good as Brian Burns or Christian Wilkins or Dexter Lawrence or Jeffrey Simmons, guys who are all taken in between there. It's likely that he will be better. So uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, they did need help here. I think the main reason they made this trade is because, again, the Pittsburgh Steelers see themselves still as a team that's in contention for the playoffs, in contention for the Super Bowl next year. And the only way that's going to happen is if you get a little bit of help on the defensive side of the ball, um, offense should be just fine with Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner, and they just extended um, Ben Roethlisberger for two more years on his contract. So need a little bit of help on defensive side of the ball, especially at linebacker, because Ryan Shazier will not be playing football again, and that was a big hole that needs to be filled. So hopefully Devin Bush can fill that hole there. And they felt that none of those guys between 10 and 20, were whether it was Rashawn Gary, Christian Wilkins, uh, Brian Burns, Dexter Lawrence, or Jeffrey Simmons, would be um, as good as Devin Bush or players that can make an, uh, a Super Bowl impact uh, on a team that believes that they can get back there. So I, I'm i okay with the trade by Pittsburgh. Uh, again, I don't know exactly what they give up for it, but it, it was probably a lot just to move up from 20 to 10. So uh, it, it's a good fit for them. And ultimately, um, I think it's a move that they had to make if they want to return to the playoffs this year after missing out last year. Number 11, the Cincinnati Bengals really shocks me. They passed on Dwayne Haskins for whatever reason. These teams just see something in Dwayne Haskins that apparently no one else sees, and I don't really get it. Uh, I guess they're really just not ready to move on from Andy Dalton, especially because they got themselves an offensive tackle, Jonah Williams out of Alabama, who will now be protecting uh, Andy Dalton pretty well. I think Jonah Williams was outright the best offensive tackle in this draft, and it proved that as he was the first one taken. There are 11, but kind of weird that the Bengals have this idea of moving on uh, with Andy Dalton for another year. I mean, we know the draft class next year is absolutely absurd, so maybe their goal is to go 3-13 and and get the first overall pick, but uh, that's really no goal of any team. And it's it's just um, a strange pick, especially for a team that we really thought was going to take a quarterback and find that Andy Dalton successor. So if you're a Bengals fan, really have no expectations for next year. You're probably going to go under six wins uh, and get yourselves a good quarterback next year. So uh, I guess this year you find the offensive tackle who's going to protect that quarterback uh, that you select next year. So, uh, I mean, the pick itself is fine because Jonah Williams is a good player, but I just don't think, you know, your whole direction of the team is fine and you know but you know they have a plan and it's clearly a long-term one so um Bengals take Jonah Williams offensive tackle Alabama there at 11 uh number 12 uh the Packers take Rashawn Gary people are kind of a mixed opinions on this pick uh I've talked to a few Packers fans about it because unfortunately I do have a few Packers friend Packers fan friends and they said uh, they don't really love the pick. Um, they think Rashawn Gary is not the smartest guy. Apparently, he scored like a nine point one on the on the some type of 
you know, intelligence test where if you're under 10, you're basically illiterate. So they weren't very uh, fond of the idea that he doesn't seem to be the smartest human. And whether that translates to his game or not, I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, he didn't really necessarily light it up um, in college. But the reason why he was taken so high, the reason why he was talked about so much was he was the best recruit coming out of high school. So essentially in this class, he was the best high school recruit. And that didn't necessarily show on the field, uh, you know, Plenty of defensive players from Michigan uh, had just as good years um, or just as good plays he did. I mean, we know Devin Bush played much better than Rashawn Gary did in Michigan. But the main thing that brought him up to number 12 was uh, how good he was out of high school. So um, it'll be interesting um, to see what happens with Rashawn Gary. Um, he, he is a freak athlete, but, um, you know, it, it's not necessarily a guy who we know is going to be a surefire uh, top 15 defensive player in the league at any point and uh the the Packers themselves needed to go defense here I'd say I mean their offense is it's it's fine um and you know they overhauled on defense in the NF in the in free agency and now they go for another defensive player here at 12 so they clearly uh want to find guys to get after the quarterback uh especially in an NFC North that has pretty good quarterbacks in Matthew Stafford, Kirk Cousins and Mitchell Trubisky uh who will be there for uh, another 3 years. Moving on number 13, the Dolphins take Christian Wilkins defensive tackle out of Clemson. This is what it is. They took this because they knew they were going to get this uh, the deal out of Josh Rosen. So, yes, the Dolphins do get Josh Rosen via a trade. Again, I don't know the exact details of the trade. I'll try to find them uh, before we wrap up the show. But they found their franchise quarterback, so they just went basically the best player available here, which was Christian Wilkins. Um, I think he's going to be a very good player in the league, very impactful Uh Pretty much a good pick here for the Dolphins, especially because they knew in their back pocket they had Josh Rosen at the time. It wasn't necessarily in place, but it was pretty much talked between Cardinals and the Dolphins that he was going to go there. It just wasn't on paper and confirmed. So they made that pick knowing that that was going to happen. And I think they got themselves a good player in Christian Wilkins there at 13. Number 14, uh, this is where it gets weird too. The Atlanta Falcons take Christopher Lindstrom, which I don't necessarily think is a bad pick, but we'll get into a little bit later why the Atlanta Falcons had a weird draft. But they found a guard from Boston College here, Christopher Lindstrom, to protect Matt Ryan uh, for the few years he has left in the league. So I, I like it for that point, but I think their biggest need might have been on the defensive side of the ball. They tried, I think they were trying to get Ed Oliver in a trade. Didn't happen. Um, they attended to some other positions of need later in the draft, and I guess they thought offensive line was the biggest uh, need for them, which is weird because I know they have Alex Mack and they have another guy that I cannot name, but their offensive line didn't seem as bad as apparently I thought it was. So um, they go Christopher Lindstrom here and they find a guy who can protect Matt Ryan, although I think their biggest need uh, you know, their biggest downfall of their team right now is their defensive uh, front and their defensive side of the ball. So uh, we'll see what happens with the Atlanta Falcons and if those later round picks can make an impact. But especially for a team that is trying to make it back to the playoffs this year, a team who has a considerable amount of talent, enough talent to do so, I thought they'd go defense to have a guy who could make an immediate impact on a team that needs help in that specific area. But we're moving on. Uh, the Redskins. Here we are. They take Dwayne Haskins, quarterback at Ohio State, kind of a uh, homecoming reunion. He's from Maryland, so you know they kept saying on the broadcast he's you know right right close to home, thirty minutes away. Um, you know when they did an interview with him, he was kept saying that his family was right down the street. Uh, so 
he was not happy, obviously. There was a viral video that went on when he when the Giants took Daniel Jones of him shaking his head, kind of smirking a little bit. He knows he's the best quarterback in this draft, as we all as I agree with, as most analysts agree with, he's the best quarterback in the draft. Um or, you know, second best if you want to put Kyler Murray ahead of him. But he's no one in their world had Daniel Jones above Dwayne Haskins except for Rex Ryan who kept talking about it on the ESPN broadcast for some weird reason but I think the Redskins make a really good move here we know they traded for uh, Case Keenan but everyone kind of knew that wasn't really the long-term option for them um you know they're going to go eight and eight again and Dwayne Haskins is going to ultimately be the guy who's going to try to take them to the promised land and I think they finally uh are going to get themselves a guy that can do that uh hopefully he doesn't get injured like RG3 did um but I, I like the pick here from the Redskins I think they get an absolute steal getting Dwayne Haskins at 15 uh, absolute steal is the way I would put it. So good, good pick, very good pick from the Redskins there at 15. Um, 16, pretty much 16 through 32 are, you know, there's not a lot to say about it. It's just, again, the what the GM saw in their mind is the best fit and the best player available. The the, the Carolina Panthers took Brian Burns in Azure Florida State, a position they needed a lot of help in. Julius Peppers is retired. They don't have him there anymore. They needed another pass rusher. Their pass rush hasn't been great for years. Um, so they think they found their, their franchise pass rusher there in Brian Burns, 16. Number 17, the New York Giants take Dexter Lawrence. So they took Daniel Jones at 6. So obviously they don't need to address quarterback at 17. And... Um, you know, they traded away Damon Snacks Harrison during the year, so they're basically finding the replacement for him here in Dexter Lawrence. Crazy that three uh, clubs and defensive tackles were taken in the first, 18, first 17 picks. That was Dexter Lawrence, Christian Wilkins, and Cleland Farrell. Pretty crazy um, that the Clemson defense was that good, but I guess that's why they won the national championship, so um, makes sense. Giants get Dexter Lawrence, 18. Vikings had a pretty bad O-line last year, so they obviously addressed that. Get Garrett Bradbury out of North Carolina State there to fill that void at center. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons' tack, defensive tackle on Mississippi State goes to the Titans at 19. Um, again, you know, a player who a lot of people thought is just going to be a pretty good player in the league, one of the better players available there. They have, um, I'm blanking on his name, their tight end, uh, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name, considering the fact that I pretty much draft him every year in my fantasy league, uh, because I think he's a pretty good player. Um, Delaney Walker, it is, now that I think about it. Delaney Walker, so they obviously didn't need to go with Noah Font, who is one of the better players available there at 19. So uh, they're a defense that is, you know, again, average, but a pass rush that hasn't been very great uh, in recent years. So Jeffrey Simmons, I believe, is a guy who can improve that. Um Number 20, again, the Broncos looking for offensive weapons. They have running back Philip Lindsay. They have wide receiver Manuel Sanders. Haven't had a tight end in years. Get Noah Font tight end under Iowa, one of the better tight ends in the draft. Good move for them. Uh, they have Joe Flacco, and uh, we'll get into the second round a little bit later possibly, but they did get Drew Locke. So now they have their quarterback of the future. Uh, he'll be able to learn from Joe Flacco a little bit, and he'll be throwing to Noah Font for the next four years uh, there in Denver. Darnell Savage at number 21, safety out of Maryland, goes to the Packers. I actually kind of like this pick, even though I'm not very fond of the Packers. Darnell Savage is a pretty good player. Um, it was questioned whether he or Jonathan Abram were the better safety in the draft, but it appears that uh, the Packers thought Darnell Savage was better. He's got uh, good instincts, 
goes to the ball well. Uh, they're a team that needed a safety after losing Ha Clinton Dixon. Although they got Adrian Amos, they could use a guy next to him. And it appears that it will be Donald Savage starting uh, probably game one next to Adrian Amos there in the Green Bay secondary. So not a bad pick there from the Packers at 21. Uh, their second first round pick of the first round. Number 22 was Andre Dillard, uh, tackle out of Washington State to the Philadelphia Eagles. Again, I'm not 100% sure about this pick for the Eagles here. They need a little bit of help on that offensive line, I guess, but they have Jason Peters. They have Jason Kelsey. They're a pretty talented offensive line, and I don't know if that was necessarily the most important point of need for the Philadelphia Eagles, but they still get a good player in Andre Dillard. But, you know, I'm looking at cornerback and linebacker as the two very clear top needs for the Philadelphia Eagles, a team, again, who thinks they can make it back to the Super Bowl. Find a guy who can get you there from the first round, a guy who can be an instant impact, and they didn't do that at 22. I don't know what the rest of their draft looked like. I hope they attended to those positions in the second, third, or fourth rounds. But uh, at 22, they go tackle, and you know maybe he'll be an impact year one. I'm sure he will, but I don't know how much of an impact and whether that addresses uh, how good this team will be next year because their defense is the, the part, part they need a lot of help, and they didn't go there at 22. Number 23, another tackle, blah, blah, blah. Titus Howard out of Alabama State goes to the Texans. Makes a lot of sense for the Texans. Uh, we, we saw this coming all along. They had the worst offensive line in football, Dwayne, or not Dwayne. Uh, Deshaun Watson is the most sacked quarterback in the league, so they get Titus Howard, um, a guy to protect Dwayne Haskins for the next four or five years. And now number 24 is the Raiders' second first-round pick um, here, and they get Josh Jacobs, the best running back in the draft, basically, from Alabama. Um, he was homeless when he was younger, so it's quite the story for him to be uh, drafted in the first round. Hell of a story. But the Raiders, I think, get a really good player in Josh Jacobs here, uh, an impact player. Now that Marshawn Lynch is officially retired, um, running back of the future there for the Raiders. I like the pick at 24 for the Oakland Raiders. I really like it a lot. Um, number 25, the Ravens, as we know, lost Michael Crabtree, have basically no one on the wide receiver core. They get Marquise Hollywood-Brown out of Oklahoma, uh, regarded as one of the top, if not the best, wide receiver in the draft. Gives Lamar Jackson a threat. He's real happy about it. He was posted on Instagram uh, about how happy he was to get Marquise Brown, a guy who can kind of just throw the ball up to because of how fast he is. Um, so huge pick for the Ravens there, uh, getting Marquise Brown at 25. Number 26 is the Redskins. Uh, they get Montez Sweat in edge uh, out of Mississippi State, a guy who fell a lot. A lot of people thought this guy was going to be a top 10 pick. In our mock draft, both Ryan and I had him going at number 8, and he fell all the way down to 26. So the Redskins here are looking at a really good first round, really getting some steals here, getting Monta Sweat at 26 and getting Dwayne Haskins at 15. I think the Redskins possibly had the best first draft, first round out of anyone, if not the best draft out of anyone. I like what they did here. Um Getting sweat at 26, who I think is going to be a really good player in the league because of his insane physical, athletic abilities. Um, uh, athletic abilities, not athletic. Uh, athletic abilities uh, with Montez Sweat there at 26. Now, 27 is the Raiders' third first round pick, and they take Jonathan Abram, a guy who I thought was going to be the first safety taken, uh, but Darnell Savage went to the Packers at 21. So, I like this pick from the Raiders. Again, I think Jonathan Abram is going to be a really good player. Again, regarded as possibly the best safety in the draft. Um, pretty big steal, I'd say. He's an energy giver, uh, plays with a lot of motion, and he, he kind of flies around the field. So 
I, I like what they get here out of Jonathan Abram again. You know, a lot of people had this guy as the number one safety, so kind of a steal here for the Raiders at 27, uh, getting only the second safety off the board that low in the first round. Number 28, Jerry Tillery, defensive tackle, Notre Dame, goes to the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, pretty good pick for them. Again, a team that's already very talented, needed a little bit of help exactly at that point. Uh, I thought they'd go offensive line. I don't know who I had in my uh, mock draft for them. I had, yeah, a guard. I had Chris Lindstrom going to them, but we know he went to the Falcons earlier uh, at 12, so or at 14. So, um, you know, a lot of tackles and offensive linemen were taken uh, earlier, so I don't know if they necessarily saw anyone viable enough to be a first-year impact there at 28, so they went with the other biggest point of need for them, which was uh, Jerry Tillery, defensive tackle on Notre Dame. I like the pick. I think he's going to be a good player for them, uh, for a team that's trying to make the Super Bowl next year. The Seahawks um, hold the 29th pick. Now, was there a trade? I thought there was some types of some type of trade up here. Um because the Seahawks held the 21st overall pick. I can't, or the, the 22nd overall pick. I, I don't know if they necessarily traded with the Eagles. That might have been what happened. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but there was a trade there. I don't know why it's not showing up on my screen. Um, yeah, it's not showing up on my screen for for some reason. Um, oh, maybe I have to expand it a little bit. Ah, there we go. There we go. Um, yeah, 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 so, um, to go back, the Darnell Savage trade was between, um, between, with the Green Bay, it was between Seattle and Green Bay, so, Green Bay goes, or Seattle goes back to that 29th pick, while Green Bay took over 21, Philadelphia and Baltimore exchanged picks, so, Philadelphia took 22, Baltimore took 25, uh, Philadelphia moved up to get their guy in Andre Dillard, Baltimore still got Marcus, Marquise, uh, Brown at 25, obviously Oakland had 24 due to the Cleo Mack trade, and then the Redskins, uh, got into 26 via a trade with the Colts, uh, and, you know, again, a good pick for them there, getting Montez Sweat there at 26, I still think that's a steal despite the trade, and then, obviously, we know 27, the Oakland Raiders held that because of the Amari Cooper trade, so back to 29, um, this was a trade uh, that the C the CLC Seahawks had this pick because of uh, the Frank Clark trade, I believe, um, or was it? Yeah, I believe it was the Frank Frank Clark trade. So they get LJ Collier, a defensive end at uh, Texas Christian University TCU. I didn't think he would go this early. Um, I don't think we even had him in, in the first round. Neither Ryan and I did. So uh, again, that's a an area where they need help. The Legion of Boone is crumbled. They need a little bit of help there, defensive end. So hopefully, uh, or they think they found themselves um, an impact player. But their biggest uh, pick of the draft might have come in the second round when they selected DK Metcalf. There was a viral video of him taking his shirt off in the the, the war room with uh, why am I uh, Pete Carroll? Um, <laughs> very funny video. But they get uh, an offensive weapon because Doug Baldwin, uh, appears to be retiring. It's not official yet, but he appears to do so. So they might find their next franchise wide receiver in DK Metcalf there in Seattle. Number 30, um, is a mega trade. I don't, between, I don't know exactly how this went down, but it, <laughs> according to my screen, there was like four different trades because obviously, uh, the New Orleans Saints held this pick there at 30, but I don't know exactly how that got traded to the Giants, but the Giants got in there at number 30 and took DeAndre Baker, uh, who a lot of people thought was the best cornerback 
people thought Greedy Williams might have been better, but there were definitely DeAndre Baker and Greedy Williams were definitely up there as the top cornerbacks in the league uh, or in the draft rather. So the Giants went with who they thought was the best in DeAndre Baker, kind of replacing Eli Apple, getting themselves uh, a big time talent there on defense. So that was actually their third first round pick. They went with Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, and DeAndre Baker. First time the Giants have had three round first round picks ever, I believe. So um, I think they're going to really hit on DeAndre Baker and Dexter Lawrence. I'm just not very sure on Daniel Jones. Obviously not very sure at all. I don't think it's going to be good at all. But DeAndre Baker is a good pick for them at 30. 31 is Caleb McGarry. The Atlanta Falcons, for whatever reason, trade back into the first round. Uh, Again, as we know, they've picked at number 14 and took... Christopher Lindstrom, a guard, and they now trade back in the into the, into the 31st pick to take a tackle. Caleb McGarry, this is what I think is a boneheaded move because, again, I don't even think offensive line is your biggest need. I think you can trade up to 31 and get a guy like Greedy Williams. Maybe there was a, a, a note card uh, slip-up between the Falcons and, uh, you know, whoever they send the pick into because I don't really know if this is a good pick at all. But um, I think <laughs> I think trying to get a cornerback there would have been a better idea for a, a defense that really needs one because Desmond Trufant has been okay, uh, not been the pro bowler that he is known to be. And on the other side of him, there's really no one uh, that you could name that's uh, a viable option. So I thought they would definitely go quarterback at one point. And I think they attended to it a little bit later. But Again, you, you know, you're a team looking to make it back to the playoffs. You need to find guys who are going to be instant impacts, not a guy who will be good in three years when you may be out of your playoff window. So I thought that would be an approach here. I think it's just really boneheaded for them to come in and get a tackle and a guard in the first round. I mean, odds are both of those guys aren't even going to start on the line year one. Uh, one of them probably will. I don't know which one it will be. I don't really know anything about Caleb McGarry. He's a guy that I had going in the second or third round. Um, so... LA just traded that. They don't really need any help out of this first round. They have uh, a very talented roster, so it didn't affect them at all. But Atlanta, I think, really made a really bad move here. I like Thomas Dimitrov a lot, but I think they really made a really bad move coming in back into the first round to get a tackle. Um, You know, it was kind of funny. There was a video. uh, They were doing... uh, a, a draft watch party at <clears throat> the Falcon Stadium at Mercedes Benz, and they took their guard at fourteen, and everyone was like, uh, "Like no one knew, no one knew who he, who he was," which is always what happens when people take uh, offensive linemen. So I think that was a funny video, but pretty bad idea here for the Falcons to me to trade back up to thirty one and get a, a tackle, which is not even their biggest point of emphasis, especially after taking a guard um, at fourteen. Number 32 is one of my favorite picks of the draft. The New England Patriots obviously hold that pick, and they took Nikhil Harry, wide receiver out of Arizona State. He was, uh, you know, up there for the top wide receiver in the draft. It was it was between him, DK Metcalf, Marquise Brown, or or Hakeem Butler, or uh, um, the other, A.J. Brown, and they thought Nikhil Harry was going to be their, the best option there for them, and I think he is going to be a really good option. He had a very good very good year um, with Arizona, or very good years with Arizona State. He's a guy that can go up and get the ball, which is dangerous when you give Tom Brady another playmaker like that. It's really dangerous. And obviously, when you have Tom Brady throwing to you, you're looking at a guy who will probably be an extreme year one impact. He's actually a pretty good fantasy option uh, for those who are already thinking about fantasy football. Think about this guy because on that Patriots offense, you really have no one else um, who's going to be a main target. And I know Tom Brady likes to spread the ball, but we know Rob Gronkowski retired. Julian Edelman uh, is still a great option, but 
Josh Gordon will not be returning with the Patriots. Chris Hogan moved on. Um, again, they're still going to throw to the running backs out of the backfield a lot, but Nikhil Harry is going to be a really good option for them. Probably collect a lot of touchdowns for the New England Patriots. So that wraps up the first round. Um, <clears throat> teams, before we end, teams that I think got better um, versus teams that I think got worse. Teams that I think got better were the New York Jets. I love the Queen of Williams pick. I think the Raiders did get a lot better. I mean, anytime you have first round picks, how can you not get better? Um, I think they got a lot better. 49ers got better because they took Nick Boza. Uh, Jacksonville didn't doesn't really change a lot for them i think again their defense is going to be dominant but i don't know if their offense is going to be enough buccaneers got better with Devin white detroit lions you know offense got a little better but they're a team with too many holes uh buffalo bills i like their picking at oliver the pittsburgh steelers get better with Devin bush i like the pick there cincinnati Bengals. One of my least favorite picks in the draft, although Jonah Williams, I think, is a good player. I don't like their plan. Uh, Green Bay Packers with Sean Gary. Uh, I don't. We're not really sure about him. Um, can't really make a judgment on him yet. Miami Dolphins, Christian Wilkins, uh, good pick for them. They get better, especially with the Josh Rosen trade. Not necessarily through the draft, but because of the Josh Rosen trade. The New York Giants, I skipped them at six because I didn't even want to get into it. You know, They didn't get worse because they got DeAndre Baker. And Dexter Lawrence, they obviously got better at those positions, but they could have been a lot better if they had Dwayne Haskins, but they really, you know, screwed it up and took Daniel Jones. So one of my least favorite picks in the whole draft, no, it is my least favorite pick in the whole draft, the most boneheaded, stupid move in draft history. Uh, I, I won't go as far as to say that, but this is one of the worst moves in draft history, in my opinion. Um... Then uh, go back to the Falcons. I think they didn't really get that much better. Uh, the Washington Redskins, I think, got a lot better. One of my favorite drafts with Dwayne Haskins and Montez Sweat. The Carolina Panthers get better with Brian Burns. Minnesota Vikings, uh, they take an offensive tackle that will help them a little bit. Uh, Tennessee Titans, Jeffrey, they're already a team that has a lot of talent, the, the Vikings. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, I don't know. Tennessee Titans are going to be like 7-9 this year. Denver Broncos get better with Noah Font, especially because they take Drew Locke in the second round as well. We're not going to get into the full second round, so I just wanted to mention that that Drew Locke quarterback quarterback is going to the uh, the Denver Broncos. There, he'll probably be the the, the starter by week four. Uh, Green Bay Packers, Darnell Savage, they get better there on defense. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Andre Dillard, I don't love this pick. I don't think they get that much better. The Houston Titans, the Houston Texans get better there getting Deshaun Watson some um, some help there on the offensive line with tackle Titus Howard. Um, the Raiders, again, I said get a lot better overall by taking Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Abram. I love what they did there. The Baltimore Ravens, get better with Marquise Brown. Give yourself give Lamar Jackson a wide receiver that he can throw to. The Washington Redskins, I already said that. Los Angeles Chargers, get Jerry Tillery. Needed help there. I think they get better. South Seahawks, get better, especially because they take DK Metcalf and they get LJ Collier. Um, I think they get better overall, especially a team that thinks they can make it back to, I don't know, the NFC Division round or the NFC Championship. Uh, New York Giants, no worries. Uh... Atlanta Falcons, again, Kelly McGree. I'm just going through the whole list. That's why I'm repeating some of these teams twice. Uh, bad pick there at 31. New England Patriots get better with Nikhil Harry. So that wraps it up. Uh, that was the NFL draft of 2019. Again, I'm not going to get into rounds 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, or 7. That would probably take 6 hours. So I won't be doing that. But um, a very interesting first round. Obviously nowhere near close to what my mock draft predicted. I got the first three right, and then I got a few 
sprinkled in here and there, right? But it kind of all got screwed up at four when the Oakland Raiders took Clinton Farrell and at six when the Giants took Daniel Jones. And uh, again, at, you know, at 10 when the, the trades started coming in. But the interesting thing was there, there was no top 10 trades. Uh, I mean, number 10 was a trade, but nine, one through nine, were, there was no trades, which is pretty uncharacteristic of the NFL draft. Usually you'll see trades um, up in those area and there really wasn't, but there was a plethora of trades at near the end of the draft, which was which was exciting. So it was kind of like inversed more trades uh, in the beginning uh, or in the end in the beginning, which is uh, unusual, to, like I said. So hell of a draft. Um, again, we'll be back with more NFL content for you guys uh, throughout the summer. These next few weeks are going to be pretty dry. There's not really a lot going on until June and July when teams start training camp. So obviously that's when things will heat up again. But, you know, for now, teams are just... <clears throat> getting the rookies in <clears throat> they'll be having rookie mini camp and <clears throat> and we'll be starting to see how some of these rookies are doing and that uh, the players will be coming in uh out of the off season are some teams are already having otas if not all teams so uh we'll see what will be going on but obviously there will be news weekly and we'll get to it when we can we'll try to keep it on a weekly schedule ryan and i will so uh thanks for tuning in this week Hope you guys enjoy the draft. Hope you guys enjoy the content uh, of the podcast this week. So tune in throughout the summer. Make sure to hit that subscribe button. Um, appreciate you guys for listening and uh, have a good rest of your week.